So they, you don't you don't need big armies. You don't need naval ships. You don't need flotillas. If you're really good at what you're doing to destabilize and work in areas like with their partners, the Chinese, on trafficking of fentanyl. The, the Iranians or the cartels are trafficking the. Are, do, do you think the Iranians and Hezbollah have a role in, in the international trade of fentanyl out of out of China, going to the Hezbollah, Iran? They're involved in all elements of the international drug trade. How much of this is, I mean, we know the drugs are coming across, but how much of the terror problem? I, I, I keep asking just to get some sort of insight into that because people rightly talk about the, the invasion, the sheer numbers of people, and they talk about the criminals. They talk about the Venezuelans emptying their prisons. But one of the things that's, you know, that, that, that I've really been fixed on for a while is what about, what about terror outfits, right? What about, what about foreign intelligence um, operatives? Do you have any sense yes. of that? Yes, so I will address that very briefly. I'll address it to the degree that I yeah. can in, in this session. Um, clearly, the border's open, and they know it. And clearly, Venezuela, Iran, Russia, and China are working together in a number of areas, You know, whether it's BRICS or trying to find an alternative uh, international currency to replace the dollar as the international reserve you know, to undermine the influence of the dollar in the international markets. At that level, diplomatically in the UN and elsewhere, they are working against our interests. As far as the border, you know, there have been over a hundred identifiable terrorists that have entered the southern border. Some we've interdicted, some we have not. We have Chinese nationals of military age coming into Latin America, coming across the southern border. They wear the same clothes. They have the same haircuts. They have the same pocket litter. They have the same uh, knapsacks. It's like it's a uniform. And they, they get processed and moved on. And, and what do you mean by, I'm sorry, what do you mean by pocket litter? I mean, I get a, a vague sense, okay. but what's that? You have the same wallet. You have the same types of identification. It's all the same. And we have good information wow. that they are, they are products of, of a, they have the same rituals. They have the same tattoos. Hmm. And the operating, operating theory by our border patrol and our intelligence elements is they come from one specific special operations unit. And they have, I'm sorry. Wait, wait, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. You're saying, so we have a, we actually have knowledge about yes, we this? Do. So people are, people show pictures, but you're saying that there's talk in Washington that we know who these people are. They come from a special operations unit of the Chinese Communist yes. Party. And they're not being stopped? No. Or they're being stopped, but they're not being turned no, around? No, they are being processed like everybody else. Welcome back to Over the Target. I'm Lee Smith. Thank you for making the jump before the break. A pretty stunning revelation from our guest, Derek Harvey, who's telling us that officials in Washington, D.C., analysts, experts um, who know what they're talking about, say that there are special operations units from the People's Liberation Army 
who are crossing our southern border and they're being released into the country. Derek, this is really, um, as I say, it's shocking. So nothing is being done to stop them. Can you tell me, I mean, who are the people who are identifying them as special operations unit? Are these Biden administration officials? Are they are they uh, former Bush official, uh, former Bush, former Trump officials who know what they're talking about and who've identified them and said this is a problem? So, and is this something that people in Washington are talking about generally, or are they trying to bury this? Well, let's be clear about what we're talking about. The the Border Patrol, and you know we have intelligence elements that monitor activities south of the border, focused on the drug trade. And so they, they evaluate and they're looking at, at things and we collect a lot of different types of information. What we're seeing is, and you use the term units, special operations units. No one is talking about special operations units. What we have are Chinese individuals, military age in their 20s, a few in their, a few older, that are wearing the same clothing, the same shirts, have the same type of backpack, have the same tattoos, and we know by the things they do and, and that they are, are one in the same, okay? Now the question is, what's behind it? Is, is this, you know, the indicators are by the tattoos and, you know, some of their, their rituals and what, the, what they've done because they've been evaluated a little bit is that the, these are all common indicators to one specific PLA, Special Operations Unit, okay? Now, we don't have any confirmation that it's a unit or that there's, you know, we have, you know, documentation of papers from them because they are cleansed for this, you know, and prepared to come in as individuals. The question is, is this some sort of organized effort? Are these former members of this unit that are no longer in the PLA and they're working for some criminal syndicate? What's the motivation? What's, what's the intent? You know, these are all questions that we must have answered at some point. But the fact of the matter is, this is happening it's an open border. They know it, and you need a more rigorous effort to stop, detain, interrogate, hold people, develop further evidence. Okay, and you don't release them onward. And you know, let's set that aside. In other areas, like with you know Iran or Hezbollah, we clearly know that there are sleeper cells, and, and have done so in years past. Who've done so in years past. They're not doing anything illegal right now, but they're monitored. What do, what percentage of, of those do we know are actually here as opposed to those that we don't know about? I always come back, you know, what do we know? What do we think we know? You know, how do we know what we know? And what, what don't we know about what we don't know? Those types of questions. So the clear, the clear problem is we have an open board. We're not following the law. We're doing catch and release. What, okay, hold just one second, because the catch and release, all of this stuff, I mean, this is folded under what the progressive faction talks about 
uh, immigration, right? Oh, we need to fix our immigration laws. We need to fix our immigration process. And, and look, I think it's terrible. It, it, I mean, it's illegal. It's, it's, it's insane. It's an invasion that millions of people are crossing the southern border. And I'm not saying there's any rationale for that. But we could, when we understand that there are different uh, financial interests to whatever, they want the cheap labor. Political interests want the uh, want the new uh, want the new voting base, right? This is certainly important for the progressives having a new uh, voting base that they can treat as clients, right? That will look to the Democratic Party, especially um, in cities, as patrons. But this is something entirely different. What is the possible rationale for anyone turning a blind eye to uh, to people? who might be affiliated with terror groups um, and intelligence or military units from foreign and adversarial states. Out of Austin, Texas, you're listening to the Unsanctioned Citizen Podcast. Here's your host, Sheila Dean. Hello. Welcome to another Saturday edition of the Unsanctioned Citizen. I am your host, Sheila Dean. It is a gorgeous, hottish day here in South Austin, Texas. I just wanted to welcome you uh, because we have a lot of news to cover. Now, why is the border a sanctioned issue? So sanctioned, in fact, that the progenitor of Twitter, the people at Twitter at the top, meaning that one person, Elon Musk, decided to come himself. He's a busy guy. He's got like eight really prosperous companies, and he is a rocket scientist. Te- technically, he's, he's like a rocket scientist. He runs SpaceX. He's got plans for Mars. He could be doing lots of other things, but he decided to go to the border. And, in fact, when he said he was going to the border this week, because Neuralink tests have commenced, FDA approval, Neuralink tests have... My first thought, and the first thoughts of others in this household was, is he going down there to look for test subjects? For, for brain-computer interface. And of course, uh, the yield of that was that he actually went down there with Tony Gonzalez, who's a representative of the area, and he spoke to the Eagle Pass mayor, who has said similar things than he has said in the past, and other people, you know, less official, as far as public servants go, but definitely confirmed locals have said very similar things that the, that the hospitals are flooded with migrants coming over the border so much so that the locals cannot receive medical attention at the local hospitals now how long have i been reporting this at this show well it's definitely been over a year most certainly And I have certainly reported on child trafficking, uh, adult human trafficking. I have reported on any number of shameful things. 
so this visit to the border is putting to shame public officials who have practiced a form of public denialism. They leech taxes out of South Texas and do not give them adequate representation at the federal level. They are being denied civil, human, and constitutional rights to protection from foreign invaders. I'm sorry, those are the breaks. Governor Greg Abbott has declared an invasion of Texas. Also, at the beginning of this set, I indicated that there are members of special operation, and it wasn't me, it was the over-the-target Lee Smith Epoch Times, um, a sample of his interview that just was released late, late this week. And I wanted to demonstrate that for you because CCP PLA members are not stupid. They have been working at the top and the bottom of North America for many years to corrupt and to interfere in the elections and to invade in other ways. But very, very intelligence-oriented, but corrupting nonetheless. So I discovered this week that Sam Cooper, who wrote the book Willful Blindness, uh, has moved to Substack. And he will be sourced for material in this program, as others have been and are. Um, your eyes should be wide open to the facts at this point, if you've been paying attention to the show, if you've been listening, you know, if, if you learn something new by hearing these things, please share this information with others that you think should know. Um, but the gist of Willful Blindness, that book, is that CCP interest and PLA, which is their army and intelligence units, deliberately targeted Vancouver and influence peddling in the Canadian government through illicit drug trade. So what you see in San Francisco with people lying about uh, in, you know, moral decrepitude and in certain danger of dying from, from addiction and fentanyl addiction has already happened in downtown Vancouver. But what has also happened is that drug cartels that are Chinese have used these private casinos and they've manipulated the casino businesses in Vancouver and throughout BC to launder their cash in any number of ways. They have also created a criminal international facility for laundering drug money from Sinaloa and Gulf Cartel and all the cartels that are taking human chattel over the border. So all that money that is being made, 10,000, 12,000, 12,500, 22,000 per head to move over the border, just to move them over the border. There's other things involved, trust me. But just that, just the human trafficking. All that money is being laundered through casinos in Vancouver. And then what they do with the money 
so that it stays untraceable is they buy real estate and they may keep it empty and then command a very high price to resell it. And what this does is this corrupts or jacks up or inflates the real estate market because they actually don't want anybody to own those buildings at first. They are parking spots for illicit drug money generated by PLA performers in the West Coast of the North American region. That's San Francisco, Los Angeles. And this is all well documented in Sam Cooper's book, Willful Blindness. Now, there's been a, a whole bunch of people who want to ignore it. They want to turn a blind eye. They want to say this isn't happening. And I won't do it because all this money that's been being made at the border, because no one gets over the border, sliding on their belly underneath the razor wire, floating across the Rio. None of those people got there unless they paid a cartel to do exactly that. You know, and if they have to lie on their backs and get raped for six months, paying the cartel. So we can't support this. And it has gotten so much worse. And I, I can't tell you how many times I have been on this microphone on Saturdays or other days and said exactly the same things. All of this money that is being made at the border is trafficked and laundered through the PLA circuits in Vancouver. And what do they do after they park it in real estate and flip the real estate and jack up the markets? Well, then they start buying influence with the governments. They're really rich right now. In fact, the Mexican cartels are so rich, they have been contracting mercenary forces to protect their interests. I mean, post-military operations for pay. So some of them might be Chinese. Some of them might, whoever they are, they're super pro because they've got to come against our government, the United States government, in order to continue to persist. They're rich enough. They've got the money. They'll buy the expendable professional military labor to kill our forces if they come in to invade and get rid of these people. These malefactors. These people who have, have slithered in and coiled themselves around the throat of the AMLO government and the Mexican government and the Central American governments. Democratically elected, whether or not you agree with their politics or not, that is what has happened, and that is not legitimate. Okay, they're kind of parallel coercion. You can't, you can't even begin. Okay, let me let me point to this article right now. Costa Rica, Costa Rica's president is set to declare state of emergency over migrant surge. This is the interest of justice. Publication at Substack. Will Costa Rica declaring a state of emergency stop the caravans? That's what they've been calling them. 
making their way through through the to the U.S. through Costa Rica, or will it play into the hands of the UN globalist cabal? And the question is: Is he standing up, this Costa Rican president, to UN globalist schemes? And the UN wanted Costa Rica to accept migrants freely. Well, I want a lot of things in life. I would like for the additives in blue raspberry to go away so that I can I can eat it and t- all the calories be taken out. You know, I d- I'm not going to get that. So what he says is, as Costa Rica steals itself into tackle housing for the first public hearing, this is in November 9th of 2023, to take the COVID vaccine shots completely off the market as an experimental bioweapon. That's what they're calling it. I didn't call it that. That is what the Costa Rican government is calling it. They have every right to declare any medicine that they feel is unsuitable for their public, whatever they want. It appears a migrant issue has caught the ire and attention of President Rodrigo Chavez, former World Bank official of 27 years. Costa Rica is abuzz with activity, all stemming from cleaning up UN shenanigans. Costa Rica to declare state of emergency amid migrant surge. San Jose, September 26th. Costa Rica's president, Rodrigo Chavez, said on Tuesday that he ordered officials to to declare a state of emergency as the number of migrants passing through the small Central American nation has risen sharply. Quote, I have instructed state security ministry to take a firm stance with anyone who takes Costa Rica's kindness for weakness, Chavez said at a press conference referencing recent riots by migrants crossing the country. So far in September, more than 60,000 people have passed through the Costa Rican border, town shared with Panama, Paso Canoas, where fewer than 20,000 people live, another official said. Costa Rica's Chavez will visit Panama in early October to hold discussions on the migrant crisis. Costa Rican president to visit Panama amid migration crisis, Panama City, 23rd, September 23rd, Reuters. Costa Rica's president, Rodrigo Chavez, will visit Panama's Darien Gap in early October in effort to contain migrant crisis, both countries said on Saturday. Panama's Minister of Public Security, Juan Pino, and his Costa Rican counterpart, Mario Zamora, On Saturday, visited communities in the dangerous stretch of jungle where thousands of migrants pass each day on the way toward the United States. Some 390,000 people have crossed to Panama from Colombia, traversing the Darien Gap between January and September. Most of them are Venezuelans and others from Ecuador, Haiti, and other countries, according to Panama's Ministry of Security. So on and on and on and on. So... Those are the types of things that are coming out now, okay? They're not like six months ago or a year and a half ago. This is right now. So a few months ago, this summer, in May, I had Craig Sawyer on to talk about some of the things that are happening with the U.S. intelligence agencies but also to discuss fifth-generation warfare and to discuss some of the problems that have cropped up as a result of permissibility with human trafficking, specifically child trafficking, in Texas. The people of Houston, 
whatever you have thought of them before are up in arms about this and they hate the profanity of being associated with illicit child trafficking rings. This is not what they want for their community and this is not what they want on their conscience. It is a stain. It's a stain on Texas. So the people of that community are rising up and they're doing more to turn out people who have made a nest for child crime and crimes against children's humanity in their state, in their town, in their neighborhoods. They're not sitting by idly allowing it to happen. They're exposing it. So... You know, I, I commend the people of Houston to continue to do these things and to continue to, to force out this rotten, putrid, inhuman way of life that has become an absolute tunnel of decay since the Biden administration decided to open the borders. Now, this week, Maddie Iglesias went on to an AMA on Substack. And this AMA included a question from myself that he did not answer. And the question was, why do you think the Biden administration or Joe Biden has not gone to the RGV, the Rio Grande Valley, to Eagle Pass? He did go to El Paso, but it is, that is so light. It is a thin veneer. It's still bad. But it's a thin veneer compared to the travails of the people of the Regal Grand Valley. And the Biden administration has, they've obstructed the Customs and Border Patrol to cut up the work this is hard for me to say, you know, because they're, now they're they're interdicting the work of Operation Lone Star, which is to prevent or to deter these border migrants from coming over. Because I, I doubt the cartels want to give these these migrants, these these poor, uh, powerless people, their money back. I don't I don't think they're going to get their money back. If they don't get over, then there's no deal. And trying to collect from a cartel that's already billed, or you, you've done the exchange, maybe you, maybe you cashed in your whole life savings in the currency of whatever country you're coming from, you know, going back to them empty-handed, I couldn't get over! Can you imagine what that's like? Going to absolute, utter psychopaths and trying to get some of your money back? They will pretend that they are starving and that they need that money more than you do. And if you don't go away empty-handed, they will kill you. I would imagine that that's exactly what that's like. So you better believe those people will, will thrash and wrap themselves in 12 blankets and roll over that razor wire if they've got to to justify the sunken cost of getting over the border. 
I hate this. This is this is the worst thing that has happened to Texas in a real long time. Texas has been tolerant. It's been flexible. It's, you know, it's gone along with the, you know, insincerities and the unserious way that the border enforcement has been condoned in the past. It's seen a lot, but this is nothing compared to the one billion Americans policy that is coming from Matty Iglesias. So I wanted to inform you that after Elon Musk went down to the border and parroted the same things that I've been telling people on this program for months, okay? That I told Maddie, I went back to that conversation where I didn't, I didn't get a response. And I said, I am going to ask Greg Abbott and Ted Cruz to send a busload of these transiting migrants to your $1.2 million home in Washington, D.C. He got a lot of money for that book, One Billion Americans, which features the benefits to our government of uncontrolled migration and open border policies. He sold the Biden government on 1 billion Americans. And I'll tell you what, it just isn't working out. It's a failing policy. And now the most liberal and progressive and communitarian alcoves in America are yelling out. They're crying out to the top, demanding recognition. And you know what's happening to them? Biden is ignoring them. The same way he has been ignoring South Texas for 28 months? 52 months? How long? Like years and years. Ever since he adopted Maddie Iglesias' silent, unaccountable policy. That somehow actually coordinates with the UN global policy. So, Maddie's a blogger. He's still described as a blogger, but somehow he came into a bunch of money from a publishing deal. And then I'm thinking, it's still, he's still kind of a, you know, midwit intellectual who's gotten along and gotten himself some notoriety. You know, he's been embraced by the Atlantic. And, you know, while I can't, I can't call those type of achievements to myself, you know, it's not something I aspire to because those are not places that I find useful or admirable because they don't have public policy that works. Those are, that's non-working, ineffectual, inefficient public policy that is, is a waste of government money. So... What I do is I feature public policy that is worth the American dollar. If you're going to take it from me in forms of taxes, then the way that I weigh in is I say, this is worthwhile to me and this is not worthwhile to me. Okay, and when the majority of districts in Texas as part of America are being denied recognition Because it will piss off the UN global partners who don't live here and they don't benefit from this this surge. To wit, we've got the 
the Central American conduit and Mexico who are summarily also being invaded. There is no recognition of any quote-unquote problem because one billion Americans. So, I think that Maddie Iglesias is somehow comfortably detached from, from the problem of these excess of migrants. So, if about four buses of them suddenly arrived at his Washington, D.C. property where he's been propped up, by UN interests, you know, as a mouthpiece to make it look official, crappy policy. If they suddenly came up and started charging their phones on his porch and, you know, having sex in his front yard, you know, kicking his dog because they're in his way, turning over his trash cans so they have a place to go to the bathroom, I think he'd have a problem. I think he had a very sudden problem, and he'd probably be yelling out for advocacy from the local government, to which he may be ignored. He may be ignored. He might have to go file for a gun restraint order, and with all that extra book money, if there's any left, um, he might have to go contract a private security force to forcibly remove these people from his property. That's, that's what I predict will happen. Because Matty Iglesias is an unaccountable thought leader in this, in this uh, excess at the border. And no one has said anything to him that I can see. That I can see. And I think it's, it's time. It's time for some of these people who have bad policy to be visited with the effects of incorporation of bad policy. This is not working. It's not worth my money. And the Biden administration needs to change their tune immediately. I'd say six months ago, 10 months ago, but if I'm being explicit, Joe Biden needs to find his, uh, his point to a reversal on this policy and begin to enforce the border practically. Because there is an invasion from foreign partners. It is proven. And unfortunately, U.S. intelligence actors already know it has been discussed. And that is what came out in the rest of that interview with Lee Smith on Epoch Times. That the intelligence services know. They know that bad actors are here in America and it appears that they do nothing. I don't know what they do. I don't know what kind of assurances they're actually giving to anyone. The American people, you know, I'm not sure who they're giving their assurances to. But if a ton of these folks, as they like to call them, ended up in Matty Iglesias' neighborhood, I'm sure Matty would not be the only one complaining. I'm sure that there would be several bureaucratic beneficiaries who are his neighbors would suddenly get real practical about their opposition to this policy. Just like the people in Martha's Vineyard. So, 
I think it's time. We've made our point. Greg Abbott has successively made his point. Sending busloads of these folks. Folks. To places where they've been over-accommodating to the ethic of it in the past. The intellectual practice of a thing is not the actual practice of a policy and of a thing. I can say if I have ever endorsed open borders policy, which I have not. I've endorsed the human rights of migrants. I've endorsed the human issue of identifying articles not being a prohibition to, to receiving any kind of service. However, these are highly unusual circumstances. Okay, and they are deliberately manipulated against the scheme of our structure. Deliberately manipulated against sovereign national governments to overwhelm them. That is a strategy. It is a term of warfare driven by people who are not interested in anything but retaking the land by proxy for their own interest. How would the UN bodies actually benefit from this? You wonder, how do they benefit from colonialism or recolonization of this, these areas, these American areas, by other foreign interests, strategic, strategically dumped foreign interests. One billion Americans. I want you to remember it. So this has been the Unsanctioned Citizen. I don't have much more for you today because I want this to be a stinging, setted reminder. Okay, this is not going away until you move this. It is a, if it's a mountain, it is to be moved by you. I have stood up here and I've said all the time, every time, <laughs> what this is. And, you know, by turning the other way and saying, oh, well, you're, you're so bourgeois, you know, you are so pedestrian. It's like, it doesn't matter her, 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 her. <laughs> what you think of me this is a problem for everybody and it's about to be a problem for the intellectual class who you know while they're getting high on their own the gases of their own hubris you know this is still their problem still their problem breaking down america still their problem you may have lots of anger at america for things that have happened you know america's not perfect their public policy and foreign policy not perfect Okay, but I'm not about to throw out the baby with the bathwater and say we don't need to have a country because I have hackles about war and I have hackles about other things that we have done in our sins of the past. I'm not about to throw my society in the trash and let go of all the good that comes with America because there are problems. That's the kind of black and white thinking that needs to be kind of kind of recalibrated for this deficit this reality deficit because the opposite is to prefer a criminal government a literal cartel government 
operating internationally to supersede the interests of the native populations or the civil populations in in democratic governments who live there. So, I mean, I'm out of the phase where I think, okay, I can I can care about what people decide to say to me online. But they don't have a foot to stand on anymore. They just don't. <clears throat> you know, they've got they've got children and parents and they're being impacted by policies that that they didn't make or invent. They tried to be supportive. They tried to see the other side and they tried but their empathies were abused and dragged. And then they were scolded for saying, I, I think this isn't working out because the powers that rose to that occasion to take over wanted to retain those powers. And those powers are illicit and undeserving and they should be deposed. So if Biden is so impeached over his bad acts, his corruptions, his line of corruptions, his line of influence peddling and foreign influence transactions. <clears throat> you know, those are things that smear the American people. And I think he should just, he should just resign. And if he can't find the form to resign, then he should, he should just not run again. But he needs to face the music. You know, this isn't about Donald Trump. He wants to turn it on, all the electric lights on to Donald Trump. Like, he's the bad guy. No, you're the bad guy and he may be the bad guy. There can be two bad guys. But none of this is good enough for America. We can do better. So, <laughs> if you don't want Trump, vote for someone else. If you don't want Biden, vote for someone else. We have options in this country and we can definitely do better than both of those men. So I'm going to leave it there. There's impeachment proceedings. And we managed to get the Department of Defense to not finance the Ukrainian war through the appropriations bill. So that is a minor success because it passed out of the House. Um, we won't be supplanting Mr. Nazi on Tuesday, Wednesday, and Friday to, to, the, to the mercurial support of Canadian Prime Minister Trudeau who played apologist on Tuesday and Friday, but then the rest of the week he was just kind of okay with Nazis being Nazis. I guess? Who knows? Was there a real conscientious effort? Hmm. He's been called out on it. I'm not the only one. It's all over Substack. <laughs> um, uh, you please refer to my prior work this week in in the vignette section on liberty in many directions. Thank you for joining us here on this weekly edition. Remember, everyone has power, especially you. Thanks for listening. Before you go, hit the subscribe button. Remember that callers are welcome. Subscribers can access unsanctioned citizen podcast archives at Substack, Automatic, iHeartRadio podcasts, and call in. Please stay in touch. We want to hear from you. Visit SheilaMDean.com.
Remember, everyone has power, especially you.